Blog Talk Radio. My name is Raina Starr. We've got a great show coming up for you tonight, but before we get to it, Desperate House Witches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show, so ask dirty language, bodily functions, and all kinds of nastiness that I might say might offend you. This may not be the show for you, but I'm hoping it is, because even though I swear like a sailor, I'm a lot of fucking fun. Anyway... Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredible one herself, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Check out wickedwitchstudios.com. It is Halloween coming up, and she's got her special edition oils and sprays available through the end of the month. So check out her Facebook page. It's www.wickedwitchstudios.com. If you need that stuff shipped overseas, check out theangrycauldron.com at www.theangrycauldron.com. So tonight I have the one wonderful woman, the person who always makes me feel comfortable, Lady Philestris, High Priestess and founder of the Temple of Hecate in New York City. And Lori Bizarro, I love you. I'm so glad you agreed to come on the show tonight. I just, on a personal note, want to thank you for welcoming me to your, your circles. You were doing it before COVID, and then COVID hit, and I was still invited to the Zoom circles. I love you for that. Thank you so much. Um, you've, you've been a really bright spot in a rather dark time. Thank you again. Oh, you're most welcome, and thank you. I, I love you, and I love your show. Um, it's a real honor to be asked to come on, and uh, I love to be able to catch up with you. So, yeah. <laughs> so it should be an interesting yeah. hour. Lots to talk about. I think so. Yeah, you know, and let's just get into it. I mean, you know, when Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed, you were the first person I thought of because you had shared some really great pictures of the two of you together. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. Um, Last March or March of 2019, I was fortunate enough to be admitted to the Supreme Court of the United States of America as an attorney allowed to practice and argue before the court. And um, one of the great moments of that day was I got to meet uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who's one of my personal heroes. Um, She has Mm -hmm. been uh, iconic in women's rights um, and rights of many people, not just women, but um, minorities, um, gay rights. She has been a stalwart for the liberal bench and um, has, despite severe illness, um, with her felt the moral responsibility to sit on that bench to her dying day, literally. Um, so yeah. I think she was rendering opinions from her hospital bed, which was remarkable, <laughs> you know, and uh, that- yeah, we're going to miss her for many reasons. Yeah. We, I mean, we were already at a disadvantage judicially weren't we were we not already in the minority uh well, before she yes. passed yes but roberts usually votes uh, who's the chief justice he votes um on the side of the liberals quote unquote uh on social issues but now we're yeah. we're kind of in trouble although there as you probably heard there's some talk that hopefully and i'm i'm keeping a positive mind when the the house reconvenes um, after the election and will have be dominated by Democrats. And this time when the Democrats take over the Senate, yes, and our executive branch, <laughs> we are going to populate 
the court, we're actually going to, the talk is that the House and Senate are going to create laws that would expand the Supreme Court to um, more than nine justices so that they can then populate the court with uh, liberal-minded justices. And that would be a brilliant right. idea. And that's the only solution. And that's also why um, it's kind of like a battle. And it's really sad. You know, it used politics used to be you could reach across the aisle to your Republican friend. And it wasn't, um, you know, you didn't feel like it was about human rights. You felt like it was, you know, economics or, you know, there were different issues. But now, um, I mean, it's, it's uh, we're living in this dystopian uh, civil war environment now where every man for themselves, mm-hmm. where, you know, the parties have become so entrenched on one side or the other. And actually I under, I'm a Democrat. Yeah. I understand why the Democrats are entrenched because we were at a war for human rights right now. So, uh, but yeah. yeah, so the, one of the tactics will be hopefully to, if this nomination and goes through with a confirmation of this horrible justice that they, <laughs> They're trying to push through, like, what is it, 19 days before the election, something crazy like that. Yeah. Um, then it, yeah. then hopefully if we take over, we'll create more seats in the uh, Supreme Court, and uh, that will be the strategy. And would... So, and I, I just want to tell folks, they may hear from the Republican side that the Democrats are interested in, quote, unquote, packing the court. That is what they're talking about, that we would add a fair number of liberal-minded justices. So when you hear the term packing, I know it's supposed to be a very negative connotation, but I want folks to understand, um, to to know what packing it actually means. Mm -hmm. Um, It is not a bad thing. It would actually... um, be a better balance. I don't know if we would populate it in such a way. My understanding was that we would add up to perhaps 12 to 15 in total right. justices. Mm-hmm. Um, normally what it is is you, you are hopeful to have a balance uh, on both sides and then have sometimes the chief justice is the one who actually makes the final decision. And um, from what I know of John Roberts, and I did watch his confirmation hearings, and he was appointed uh, by George W. Bush, um, if you had the chance to listen to his confirmation hearings, even though he is a Republican, he is a fair-minded Republican, yes, these people actually do exist, there is something also called established law. Lori, can you explain to folks what established law is so that they understand what we're talking about? Right. Well, there's a precedent within the court. So um, there are decisions that have been before the court, like on the issues of abortion and gay marriage, where it's been decided by the Supreme Court that these are certain rights people have as per the decision they've made on these cases, which have been brought to their attention and have made their way up to the Supreme Court through an appeals process. Mm -hmm. Um, The concern, though, is that with a conservative um, and also belligerent court, like with Kavanaugh, uh, Gorsuch has actually been an interesting appointment um, because he is sticking to the law. He's been uh, siding with Roberts and the uh, liberal justices on social issues and some of his opinions, surprisingly, very surprisingly, actually. Um, And he was, if you Mm -hmm. remember, the first Trump appointee after Obama left office. Yes. Remember the Merrick? That's right. Remember that whole fiasco? Yeah. He so. got, yes. Let's just, let's just revisit that for a second. Um, with six months of the previous election before Trump got into office, there was a vacancy because of a, a passing of a judge, and right. Barack Obama was going to nominate Merrick Garland to the yep. Supreme Court. Mitch McConnell decided that you could not appoint a judge during an election year, uh, that that would be the right of whomever the next president would be. Now, mind you, he said that with six months to go Mm -hmm. before that election, and Lindsey Graham, for anyone asking, um, agreed with that and said Mm -hmm. yes, that that is appropriate and that they would hold that up no matter who the president was or whom they were running against. And that's what they promised. 
So they refused to have hearings. They refused to entertain Merrick Garland's appointment in any way, shape, or form. Trump gets in and proceeds to immediately install Neil Gorsuch. Okay, right. fine. We are now, we, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg just passed not that long ago, certainly less than six months ago. We are now just weeks before this election. Mitch McConnell has done a complete reversal. Who wouldn't have thought that would have happened? And, of course, mm-hmm. Lindsey Graham was right with him. And they right. are going to shove through, in, in spite of knowing that we have this all on tape and everyone has seen him say everything to the contrary, they are going to install this justice period, which shows you that the Republicans in the Senate um, are going to do whatever the hell they want, no matter what. Their word means nothing, and this is how they operate. Um, It's a shame. It didn't have to be that way. It wasn't always this way. Uh, This has been decades in the making where you have people with too much power for too long Mm -hmm. um, running roughshod over the rule of law and their own words. So that's a very unfortunate thing. But let's go ahead and talk about – the nominee, if you want to, I know she makes me puke, but go ahead. <laughs> well, we're in agreement. I have not much more to add. I, I, I find um, Kavanaugh, you know, I've never, you know, I'm only 49, but it is, you know, now I'm, I just talked to someone today about the age of 49 and I'm over the hump. And if I live to be a hundred, we're, we're at the midsection here of my lifetime. And um, I've never seen a circumstance and certainly as an attorney, I'm appalled um, at the appointment of someone like Kavanaugh. I mean, Clarence Thomas also, um, as I was a young mm-hmm. woman uh, graduating from college, Anita Hill had um, brought her allegations forward as Clarence Thomas was ready to be confirmed. And I remember seeing Gloria Steinem speak. I was like 20. It was a really cool mm-hmm. moment. Um and she spoke about the issue of sexual harassment. That's the type of law I actually practice now. I'm a plaintiff's attorney and sue people for sexual harassment. So to see, what, I mean, Claire, Clarence Bless Thomas you. was the start of this, I think, um, the Me Too movement, I'm going to say. This whole, like, Anita Hill, Clarence Thomas was the start of it. And she was definitely a trailblazer in coming forward with such a public, in such a public way. Um, and she should be commended for that. But it was Kavanaugh, you know, Clarence Thomas, given all, it's, it's funny, where there's smoke, there's fire. So here's Clarence Thomas yeah. being uh, appointed, nominated, con- confirmed with all the, despite, you know, um, the allegations by Anita Hill, very strong and persuasive allegations by Anita Hill. Do you know he was the most useless justice on the Supreme Court? He never wrote an opinion, in, I think, until Scalia died. And he was always like a me too guy. Like he never had really anything to contribute. So it's interesting that even given, you know, the issue of the sexual harassment, which some people could say had nothing to do with his ability as a judge. He also was just not really a useful judge. And then here we have Kavanaugh, you know, this horrible confirmation. This guy is a frat house rapist and, you know, Mm -hmm. blatantly, I mean, and his personality is odious and he, conducted himself in such a poor manner and here he is when i was admitted to the supreme court i actually saw him on the bench he was one of the uh i had like we had a panel of five or six justices and he was one of them on the bench and even on the bench his decorum was i would see he had he was snide he gave an opinion where he gave a sarcastic remark in the middle of his opinion his personality is true to the way he displayed himself at the hearings and just, I, I felt such rage. It was like white hot rage at seeing him, you know, prance around at his hearing and Lindsey Graham and, and all the other jerks <laughs> and just how they <laughs> treated, you know, yeah. they're not after Anita Hill kind of really pounded the way, started this movement of being, of, of, you know, people being, af- and they should be, they should be afraid to treat a, a sexual harassment or, or rape victim like garbage. They used to, there was a day where they were fine with doing that openly, but now it's kind of like this sure. caged, 
uh, presentation they give. So, but I, I was appalled even so at how these senators conducted themselves and kind of patted her on the head, you know, uh, condescendingly, and then uh, openly apologized to Kavanaugh for having to deal with such, you know, hardship. It, I, I, I was, I had white hot rage. And I, but I also realized, and I think this is very important for what's happening now, why the Senate is behaving the way they are while they're pushing through this nomi- this uh, nomination, who's obviously a horror show. Um, they are dying. There's no more of them. They're the old, white, racist, sexist, rapist, old culture bastards, and they're dying. There's the death now. It's happening because if you look at this beautiful country as it's blooming, I mean, we're in this dystopian nightmare, we're in a civil war, but we have young people who are open-minded, who are proactive, who are, are, are angry at the right things, are, are taking charge. I mean, so it's, it's over. These old white guys ruling the world is over. It's over. We have cell phones. People, everybody's got a camera now. Like, you know, back in the day in the 80s, like, you know what you had to do to get a, a camera and film something? It was like, you know, an all-day project. Oh, yeah. Now, something <laughs> happens. Immediately, we can record it. And, and everybody's exposed. So the police can't hide. And you're gonna, now you're getting the radical Lori. But the police can't hide. Rapists can't hide. Sexual harassers can't hide. Anyone who wants to, you know, hurt someone else, they just can't hide anymore. It's over. It's, they're all exposed. And it's, it's done. People aren't going to live like right, this. They're not going to. I understand what you're saying, but I've got to stop you for a second. Because in the age of Trump, None of that seems to matter. It doesn't matter if we have them on tape lying. It doesn't matter if we photograph them and having, you know, and can hear them say, grab them by the pussy. I mean, Trump has enabled every base, immoral thought and deed that anyone has ever had in the country. Racism right. is like back in style for these fucking people. And it's and they're not a, they're not ashamed of it. What happened to being ashamed and not being not wanting to be caught saying things that, that would even smack of racism? You ask right. this fucking moron about the proud boys and he's like Oh, you know, no, they like me. They're okay. And when it comes to QAnon, he's like, oh, I don't know anything about them, but I know they're, they're, they strongly fight against pedophilia. They also blow up pizza places, you idiot. Right, It just right. seems like every bad instinct Trump, Trump has made okay to be, to be expressed freely. That's why when you, you know, and I remember when people would be afraid to be caught saying something so inappropriate or doing something so inappropriate. But it just seems like these idiots are letting it all hang out. I don't yeah, get remember it. The day of, remember the day of Dan Quayle and Potato? Wasn't that like a huge controversy because yeah. he didn't know how, right? So yeah. now here we are with grabbing by the pussy. And I was like, oh, it's okay. It's fine. Just lock her in, talk. It's fine. Let him be president. You know, it's, I agree with you with what you're saying, but I, I I know they're afraid. They are, you know, and I think that's, it's this last hurrah, you know, he's kind of like the last hurrah of all the evil things. And I, it's just not going to, I'm telling you, it's not going to prevail. It's not, you know, my mother and father were, my my dad's passed, but my mom is still with us. And um, they were very staunch Republicans. And um, the last Mm -hmm. election, my father voted and he did not vote for Trump. And he was, completely wow. appalled and actually it was a big issue he's like you know i'm a republican i've never there there's not an election that's gone by i haven't voted republican and i i just won't i can't i can't vote for this guy and in this election wow. mom who's a staunch republican is like you know biden's a good man like i'm gonna vote for him it, so i see it I, I see regular i see these mainstream republicans like mccain's uh family yeah bush family they're gonna yes. vote for biden so, you know, at first I was a little alarmed at the point, you know, at the decision to run Biden, but um, I see why they're doing it. I think he is moderate. I think they're going to 
rein in some people. It's a lot of Republicans who, you know, really feel like their party is, is losing their mind. And, um, yeah. you know, so let, I, I'm, I have a good feeling. I, we're, we're 20 days out. I have a good feeling. Yeah. Um, you know, and, I, and, and remaining I, hopeful. I, I want to be and see here's the thing. I was so sure last time. I was so sure. Yeah. I mean, I I was so excited. I couldn't wait till election day. And then election day came and I had not in my stomach from <laughs> seven PM on. Right. It right. started You're... and it didn't and, Yeah. No. It's like I, I went to bed. I actually I went to bed. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I Well I I, 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 I go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh no no! I just I was gonna say I stayed in bed for two days in tears. Yeah. I yeah. couldn't get out of bed because I couldn't believe that this had happened, and I have to admit, it's not just Republicans I blamed because Republicans are going to be Republicans. I also blamed the third party voters, and I still yep here here yeah absolutely. I anybody that was willing to. To have that level of privilege where you don't care if potentially Trump could win, I'm sorry, that was a nightmare. And all the people that Mm -hmm. came back to me and said, oh, well, we thought Hillary was going to win. That's not a good enough answer. No. It's not a good enough answer. So, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, it's it's cost me a lot personally. Um, Mm -hmm. But it is the way it is, and I've had to move on from that. And it's full steam ahead with people who are doing the right thing. And to me, that's super important. And I am just so grateful. My whole entire family, early voting started yesterday. And everyone in my immediate family has already voted. (laughs) That's lovely. Well, I, uh, so, so I knew, I kind of knew he might win. I had this feeling. I just had this feeling. Yeah. A lot of people like the TV persona, I, and I, I don't have mm-hmm. much faith sometimes in people, you know, and I, I, I saw that people were charmed by him, you know, and they were mm-hmm. talking about, you know, was, you're fired, you know, his TV show, he had this, his persona being a wealthy, successful businessman, and people believe what they see on TV, you know, they're not too bright, they just, you know, and um, so... Well, I have, we're from New York. Oh, we know the truth. We've all we've always right. known about him, though. We're New York. Oh, yeah. We saw the calamity from day one before he ever right. got into public right. office. I mean, he was just this wealthy dude who inherited a lot of money from daddy mm-hmm. and liked to fuck around on his wives. Yeah, he's a trust fund asshole. He's just a trust fund dick, you know, a joke. He was kind of like the joke of New York. You know, he'd run around New York. People would see him. He's a joke. But uh, I was invited to election night. Uh, I was invited to a friend of mine works at Lifetime. And um, Mm -hmm. she was asked to be part of the audience participation at the, The View. The View had no special election night episode. So she asked me to go, and I said, you know, if he wins, I do not want to be taped. It won't be a good moment, and I don't want to be taped, and I don't want to sit there and have to, you know, act a certain way. I said, this is a – I have a feeling. And she said, oh, she scoffed at me. She's like, oh, come on, you know, like, he's not going to win. Hillary will win by a landslide. It's fine. I said, no, no, I'm going to bow. So she went. Yeah. And she said that as the night progressed, the tone in the room, like, you know, Joy and Joy Behar, Behar kept yelling, fuck, you know, and she's on camera. They had to bleep it out. She's like, fuck, yeah. fuck, you know, like, because as you and I were at home watching, I was horrified, horrified. As the numbers came in, I was like, mm-hmm. wow, like something, you know, this is a bad, bad situation. Yeah. And it's been, I can't believe four years has passed. Can you believe four years has passed? I'm grateful that, day? that four years has passed. But I yeah. gotta tell you, every there hasn't been a day since he was, you know, since he took office, there hasn't been a day where I don't wake up and ask, "What the fuck has he done now?" Right. Uh huh. Before my yeah. feet hit the floor, because yep. you know, every day it seems to be a new horror show, and 
I mean, the guy actually got fucking COVID and is still walking around and will not tell anybody when his last. When was your last negative test, Mr. President? I don't Even believe Savannah Guthrie called him out last night for a retweet on something stupid about QAnon, yeah. I think. And he's like, I retweeted. I retweet things. That's what I let people decide. And she's like, you're the president. You're not somebody's drunk uncle. Oh, uh, or crazy <laughs> that's uncle. great. Yeah, she said, you're not somebody's crazy uncle. Well, guess what? He is everyone's crazy uncle, yeah. if you ask Mary Trump. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and it, it, hor- <laughs> it horrifies me. And I don't know if you um, were watching Rachel Maddow at all last night, but she had Giuliani's daughter who said, please vote for Biden, please. I heard. I heard. <laughs> yeah. Well, Giuliani is a nut. I mean, come on. Giuliani is like out of control. I don't know what happened to him. He used to be a fairly competent mayor, and now he's like a, the nutball mm-hmm. of the Republican Party. He's insane. What happened to that guy? It's crazy. Yeah. I think he got a taste of too much power. He, You know, people who stand behind kings and presidents do so because they hope the power will rub off on them. Unfortunately, Rudy's been caught, you know, having dealings with Russia again, trying right. to dig up dirt that doesn't exist again. And now he's being investigated, I heard this evening, that um, there may be charges involved. He's going to be investigated. for Who, dealing, Giuliani? And, you know, yeah. And lying about yeah. Biden's son? Yeah, of course he should be. I mean, I don't know why it's there's been four years of exoneration. Nobody, nobody's been able to pin anything on this guy He's the most crooked, both him and Trump, all of them. They're all crooked men. You know, I mean, that's, that's apparent. Yeah, but if you're in power, if crooks are in power, they're controlling the narrative. It you can't know, last forever. In power, yeah, I mean, I just have to hope. See, the thing that scares me the most about having this person installed into the Supreme Court is that when the election happens, I believe that Trump is going to dispute it no matter what the result is. Right. I mean, as long as he loses, there will be a dispute. He will take it to the Supreme Court. And if this woman is installed, one of her very first acts, if not her first act, will be to say, oh, of course, Mr. Trump, of course you're still the president. That's one of my biggest fears about this woman right. in addition to all of the things she wants to overturn, uh, you know, as far as marriage, marriage for all and abortion being safe and legal for those who need it. Um, but you know, I have to I, say, I, I, don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think Thomas, uh, Clarence Thomas and Neil Gorsuch would sign off on that. Kavanaugh in a heartbeat. Um, and of course she would, mm-hmm. but that's a really dishonorable um, you know, move, and I'm not so sure. Even though Clarence Thomas has, you know, obviously his beginnings were atrocious, and he should not have been on the bench yeah. given the allegations. He's been now on the bench for what 30 years, so yeah. you know he's the seasoned judge. He's not, and he's, and you know, he's. You have to remember they're all friendly, so he's friends with Roberts, and he's friends with all the other liberal justices as well. So. It's their team. It's it's not like, you know, she may be, her and Kavanaugh may look to help Trump illegally, but it's a big deal for, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Supreme Court is really the highest uh, level of that branch. And you don't realize that until, you, I've, you know, you see them in person and the presentation of of their approaching the bench and, and how they're, you know, the bench is like 10 feet high and they sit up there and, they they come out wow. with a buzzer and red velvet capes open uh, drapes open, and they each have a Secret Service guy with them attending them, and then they all sit. and It was interesting. Wow. Clarence Clarence Thomas actually held the chair for Ruth Bader Ginsburg and then took his own seat. So, you know, they have a relationship with each other, and they they are esteemed. I mean, they're the highest level. They are the highest of the executive of the uh, judicial branch. So. 
They're the equivalent of the president. And I think for that, it would be, it would be a, a, it would be a really horrible move um, for them to dishonor themselves by uh, writing, you know, law that was not correct or that was illegal, you know, or to dis- or to help Trump in a shady way. I think that would be very beneath most of the justices that sit on that bench. So, wow, that gives me that gives me hope, honestly. Um, and that gives me pause to think a little bit better about the justices as a whole. Um, right. I do believe that Kavanaugh will do whatever is expedient to right. keep Trump happy. Obviously, uh, Amy Coney Barrett will do whatever is expedient because she wants to overturn certain things. Right. Um, but having said what you just said, let me ask you this. And we'll get back to the legal fight over the election after. Because Roe v. Wade is precedent and, you know, marriage for all. Right. Do you think she would have the support needed to overturn these decisions? Abortion is a tough issue. You know, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, given a couple of the decisions that I'm thinking of now, I don't know. There's, there would be the law is such that there's always going to be room to narrow. Like if you're looking to narrow a law, you can always make mm-hmm. a persuasive argument and find a way um, why a mm-hmm. certain case that is precedent is different from the current case. They look to mm-hmm. that. One of the ways you make your arguments in court. So let's say I go to court on an issue and mm-hmm. most of the case law is not in my favor. The way that I would make a persuasive argument to rule in my favor is I would say the cases that you've decided on before judges are distinguishable from the case that I have before me in this regard. And then I would make an argument as to why the law, this nuance should be made in my favor. So that Mm. would probably be, they could bring a case that is different from the others or, you know, and could give some of the justices an out if they're looking to overturn the right for a woman to choose in this nation. Mm -hmm. Um, And abortion for, you know, because we're still this like puritanical nation in some ways, um, I think that the abortion topic uh, still is unfortunately not a foregone conclusion with some people and uh, mm. which would be, a, that would be horrible. That would be like really handmaid's tale, you know? So uh, yeah, I'm concerned about that, but I, I think that it would be a stretch to pardon if, if it's found that, which it looks like it is, especially in New York. I think New York has enough dirt on Trump to put him away for a long time. I think if somebody found that Trump had behaved, you know, behaved in the way that was clearly in violation of law, I don't, I don't think the Supreme Court would save him. Really? You know, I don't wow. think they owe him anything. No, they're not looking to. I mean, Gorsuch has opined yeah. against Trump in cases that surprised me so or trump's agenda i should say he's he's uh given his opinion which is contrary to to trump's agenda from the bench so that right. tells me gorsuch is not an absolute team player we know roberts isn't That's good. we have yeah. uh sotomayor we have my brain is uh locked on the last liberal justice that we have left but yeah, we've got we've got we still have some hope. That's but good. Even, that makes me feel better. <laughs> well, <laughs> just in bit. case, I am applying for my Italian citizenship. So you know, <laughs> if all goes to hell, you'll either see me as a revolutionary, you know, gun in hand, or you'll see oh. me flying on the next flight to Italy. Either one. Well, I, I got to tell you, and and uh, this is also another topic I want to talk about, which is the COVID virus in New York and um, what's happening with that. But I want to thank you for, you know, some clarity from somebody who knows goes a very long way with me because you have this, you know, I have this imagination that says, oh, the court is now 
terribly out of liberal favor, and therefore everything is going to be decided against all of the things that I believe in. But no, what you what you say makes a lot of sense. Gorsuch has been a surprise, Roberts. Well, Roberts isn't a surprise to me because I watched his confirmation hearings, and I've never seen anybody go through their confirmation hearings with zero notes, right. no stuttering, no backtracking, clear as a bell, forward all the way. I mean, his brain impressed me to a point where I was like, are we sure he's not one of ours? But okay. Oh, he's amazing. He's amazing. I saw him. He was one of the judges on the bench. He was one of the justices on the bench when I was um, uh, sworn in um, as an attorney of the court. And he's, yeah, he's amazing. He's definitely amazing. Yeah, I was so impressed by him as a lay person, someone who knows nothing, as somebody who's on the inside, which you are, you know, getting your opinion is obviously a lot more valuable than mine. So I'm I'm really grateful that, you know, we're having this conversation. Um, no, listen, you're a citizen. You're you're an intelligent, smart, you know, citizen and you 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 observe, you observe what's going on. So I mean, you know, you, your opinion is, is hugely valid and um you know, I'm hoping that a lot of people think like you. I'm hoping that you know, in this election, people use their their eyes <laughs> and ears <laughs> and make an intelligent decision. I'm very, you know, I, I I'm not I'm I'm not that true, um, overwhelming vote for Biden. I'm concerned about. You're right, the aftermath and what Trump might do. Yeah, I'm concerned about what Trump might do. I'm concerned about the fact that I mean, I just had this conversation last week with a coworker where he made a comment, uh, and I'm not going to even dignify it by describing what the comment was about the future vice president of the United States, uh, right. VP Harris. May the gods make it so. Um, Hecate, watch over. Yes. Her. Um, yes. <laughs> sorry, had to throw all that in. Um, <laughs> but he made, a, he made a comment that was not appropriate, and I said, what brings you to that information? And he said, well, I read it on Facebook. And I said, I don't think that's quite reliable. And he's like, well, where do you get your news? And I said, the New York Times, the Charlotte Observer. He's like, newspapers, sure. Oh, wow. And that's kind of, but see, that's, and maybe it's a Southern person that I work with thing, because I know a lot of Southerners who are extremely liberal. I live, fortunately, amongst all liberals in my neighborhood. I mean, you can't find a Republican in my neighborhood anywhere. And if they exist, they're hiding, which is fine. We're kind of live and let live, but everybody's very proud of where we live because it's so liberal. But anyway, um, this is the kind of thing that Trump has encouraged. He encourages his followers not to read. He encourages his followers to only listen to Fox and only listen to Fox Sometimes he's actually, it seems as though he is now resting those folks away from Fox and telling them, depending on what it is, that they can only listen to him, which is very cultish. I'm sorry, even more cultish than listening to only Fox. Um, But this is how dictatorships come into being. And my concern is, and of course, we're going to talk about this too. What happens if he he calls on his militias mm-hmm. to to start some stuff? You know, and that's a fear of mine. You know, people are very well armed these days, and they're yeah. not necessarily our friends. Right. <laughs> so right. I'm. I mean, there's there's concern about civil war. What are your What is your opinion on this? What are you thinking is, might happen? I think that whoever wins is going to be some unrest. Um, I believe Biden will win. I think he's just hands down. I, I can't. I can't. I can't believe I even have to make this argument, but I think he's like hands down much better human being than Trump. Um, sure. You know, and a more qualified candidate than Trump. Um, yeah, I think yeah. he's going to win. But yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure the hordes of Trump followers who are, you know, that ilk 
will, you know, get their gun and and then the police and the military will be busy for maybe wow. a little while. Um, yeah, I do. Mm. I, I don't, New York is an interesting place. Um, I've noticed in the last four years, it's kind of been a decline in, um, in human decency, but there's also been a rise in crime at the same time. Um, I have the citizen mm-hmm. app. I don't know if you have that app where you are. No, it's an app. It's an app that tells you within a so much like 20 mile radius of all the crimes that are issued because it, it's linked into 911. And um, it's the city is an interesting place now. There's a lot going on. It's you know we got hit with the pandemic. Crime was on the rise yeah. before that. Uh, we have De Blasio as mayor. Uh, mm. Nobody mm. nobody likes him, regardless <laughs> of whether you're Democrat or Republican. Nobody likes him. Um, he's made some interesting can I changes. Tell you funny? Can, I, yes. can I tell you something funny about de Blasio? Because we're American Italians. I'm half Italian, half Jewish and from New York. And my, my husband's Italian. And we have this thing where we say anybody who's Italian and eats their pizza with a fork and a knife cannot be trusted. Right. Yep. <laughs> and de Blasio eats with a fork and a knife. He eats his pizza with a fork and a knife. That's right. That's ah, funny. We don't trust. Yeah. Him. We don't trust. Him. I I don't I don't <laughs> trust him. He's kind of like a hack. You know, I feel like he's very hackish. You know, like he's a he's. I don't know. I can't even opine really. But uh, yes, he made some changes. He encouraged the city council to make some changes to the criminal law. And not necessarily the law, but how it's enforced. And um, so certain crimes, which, you know, I, I'm on, I'm very much on the liberal spectrum, and I find it a little abhorrent, the uh, crimes like sexual assault is a desk appearance ticket now. Um, wow. In the police, what happens is, because we're still in Tammany Hall, you know, the police do what they want. Yeah. You know, they have a lot of power. So what happened was in response to him, this edict that, most of these crimes would be met with a desk appearance ticket and not being locked up. Um, the police decided they don't respond. So like, for example, I have a friend, a really good friend who um, she is a manager at a, a major drugstore and with in, in Manhattan. And what happens now mm-hmm. is they'll come in with garbage bags and they'll just start filling in with merchandise right in front of the employees. They don't care. And they walk out and cause the police will not come. So what will happen is they just thieves, thievery, you know, they just steal whatever they want. And, uh, you know, they call the police. Please say, oh, sorry, you know, we can't come for that. And that's what's happening in wow. New York right now, believe it or not. Yeah, it's really actually um, like my mouth, you know, it's just mind numbing that this is going on during the pandemic and during every, the election and the unrest and, you know, and, uh, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, which is really important, and I support and I, I support um, all of the actions that have been taken, even the unrest. I get it. Mm-hmm. I totally get it. I absolutely yeah. get it. It's enough. It's enough. You know, I, I, the way I yeah. compare it with people who are kind of like, well, you know, I understand protesting, but I don't understand the riots. Well, wait a minute. Let me tell you something. If police officers suddenly decided that it was okay to put their knee on the necks of little blonde women and kill them, yeah. I would be out in the streets yeah. rioting too, because it's enough. It's yeah, enough. Fucking, yeah. Yeah. We don't need to live this way. Stop. We're, we're in the year 2020. Yeah. We don't need to live this way. Yeah. yeah. So you I agree with it. I understand people it. People like animals. Yeah. No. You don't get you know, to treat people you... like animals because they don't look like you. Sorry. Right. That's not right. the world we agreed to live in. So, yeah, people get pissed because it keeps happening over and over and over again. Right. And cops keep not going to jail or paying for their crimes. Yeah, right. people get pissed. I do not blame. Absolutely fucking not. That's one of no. the things that I'm tired of having to explain to, I'm sorry, privileged white people mm-hmm. that I work right. with. It's like, no, don't talk to me about, well, you know, they're looting, so they're bad, too. No, you obviously don't get it because you've never had to suffer a day in your life because of the color of your skin. 
Do you have no clue? Shut up. Keep it shut. It's empathy. It's that's empathy, all. you know, and, and that's why I don't understand women who vote for Trump. I just, I don't get it. Me neither. Um, I don't, because I don't think there's a woman who's walked on this earth who has not been hurt, sexually harassed in some way, is, you know, or demeaned Correct. in some way. You know, especially yep. old, uh, those of us from the old guard, you know, like, I mean, come on, you know, like, I I went to the city at 18. I, I grew up in Jersey, came to the city at 18 to go to school. And I had my breasts grabbed on the street by strangers, strange guy, all ages, breasts grabbed, hair pulled. Yep. Anytime I, you know, someone, ooh, baby, and I didn't respond in the way they liked, I, I was a, then a physical target for violence. I mean, like, so... Mm-hmm. This guy who's like grabbing by the pussy and uh, oh you know I just do what I want and you know the allegations of rape against him from his own wife from his own wife vivid allegations of rape I mean she made fun of his hair mm-hmm. right isn't that the the allegation she made fun of his hair so he grabbed her and pulled yeah. her down and he raped her because she made fun of his hair so like how yeah. could you vote for this man? How? How could even if you're a Republican, how could you vote for this disgusting subhuman? I don't get it. Well, I can explain it a little bit because my mother is a Pentecostal preacher Republican. Um and their belief is that God uses imperfect beings to do their good work. They will, oh, they boy. have rationalized. They are they are capable of rationalizing. My own mother told me that facts don't matter. When I tried to have this very conversation with her, how could you, knowing what you've been through as a rape survivor, knowing what right. I've been through having been raped multiple times, how could you possibly back this man? And my right. mother proceeded to tell me that facts did not matter. Now, when someone tells you that facts don't matter, you might mm-hmm. as well stop talking because reason has left the building. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Wow. And he, ha- he is, he's a cult. He is his own cult of personality. They follow him. He might as well be Jim Jones. I think if, you know, he sincerely suggested that they sacrifice themselves, that some of them actually would. Because right. I don't think they even care anymore. They want end times to come. The idea of a civil war is how they're going to bring it about. Oh, please, there's so many theories on why these people follow him. But, yeah. but it astounds me that Pentecost, who are supposed to be above it all, you know, all these holy rollers, they're really, they don't care about people. They don't care about fetuses. They only care mm. about the war machine and having bodies to throw at it. They don't love children. They don't adopt children by the score. When they tell a woman, no, we're going to bar your way to get your reproductive rights, um, they don't offer to help. They don't right. offer to adopt the child. They don't, ado- they don't offer to pay her expenses. They, all they want to do is control women's bodies. That's what they want. Right. It is. It's all yeah. about control. It's about, you know, control and, and uh, misogyny, and it has nothing to do with caring about the unborn, quote-unquote, unborn child, because they're putting children yeah. in cages to date, and no one, you know, they don't, none of them give a shit. Our own, our own quote, I hate to calling her the first lady, because it's just, I feel like it's a joke, but our own first lady yeah. wore a jacket said, what, what did it say, I, I don't care, do you? Do you? Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't care. That's what she wrote. That's what she said. She, yeah. she chose the first lady who has, well, he's a millionaire, right? She has all the clothes in the right. world. She chose to wear that jacket as she went to those camps. Which is, it doesn't even make sense. I don't understand what she was trying to convey. You know, some people tried to explain it away as, oh, she was being ironic. Of course she cares. Um but no, not. she doesn't you care. Know, she just, has a gilded toilet. She has a gold toilet. Look it up. New York, I think it was like New York Magazine 10 years ago. Yes. Has a gilded toilet, you know, and an all-gold apartment. And she is someone who probably, uh, I'm going to be, um, I don't know her, but I'm going to make a big educated guess 
that she is someone who came into that situation looking to marry a rich man without caring about his moral fiber. So I don't yeah. think she cares. I don't, I think she really doesn't care. I think that it was a rich person's joke. I think she saw it as a joke. I think it's a privilege statement on privilege. Um, so I, you'd have to be really super dumb to wear that jacket, but coupled with the fact that she is the first lady and that she has people who dress her and she has access to whatever clothes she wants, you know, she could possibly wear and she chose to wear that jacket. I'm going to make a nice guess that it was like a, a privilege that her and hubby laughed about it all the way, you know, home that night. You know what I mean? I think that they found it funny they don't give a shit that there are people in cages, that children who are separated from their families, they could care less. And that's why it gets me really angry when the toothless, you know, uneducated hordes, and I'm going to, sorry, but I, I have to say this, um, think that he actually gives a fuck about them, that he's their president. Because he, he goes to bed at night and they are not in his mind. He could care less. He, he, he uses them to wag the dog. He uses them for the, his agenda, but he doesn't yeah. care about them. He has no care for anybody in this nation other than himself and maybe his family, but I doubt he cares about his family as well. I think the only person he truly has ever loved is Ivanka, his daughter. Um, right. I, think it's, I, think he, I think he's mentally ill. Um, mm-hmm. I agree. And, you know, listen, if you read Mary Trump's book, she has it's it's an epidemic throughout their family. He is right. not uh, the only person who acts the way he acts or believes the way he believes. Um, their father, Trump's father, uh, instilled in them that strength was everything and weakness was not tolerated. Yeah. They are known racists. It's not, period. It's right. just known. Um, and using bad language... Uh, in that regard was expected and, uh, you know, not encouraged, but no one batted an eye. Um, and I don't think even if we had audio tapes of him using the N-word with his, his supporters give up on him, because mm-hmm. I think a lot of his supporters are just like him. I think a lot of his supporters are these died in the wool, we hate Obama, and we especially hate Obama because he was a great president and people loved him. How dare we love him? And I think it's something Trump will never get over. I think he never got over it. He will never be loved the way Barack is still loved to this day post his presidency. Um, And I think Trump will do anything to stay in office because he knows SDNY is coming for his ass. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. They're coming yep. for you. Okay, the yep. Southern District of New York is looking for your ass, which is why he yeah. quietly moved to Florida in the middle of uh, his term as president. You right. know, because New York mm-hmm. doesn't want him back. Um, oh, oh, he couldn't even walk the street uh, in any way. Mm-hmm. He would, he would never. <laughs> he could not show his face in this town. The hatred, although there are parts of New York, as you know, that are red still. Yeah. There's still, like Staten Island, where I live, there's some, although we do have a, a, a Democratic uh, congressman, Max Rose. So mm-hmm. we're, uh, we are turning blue. Um, and yeah. I think that Trump had a lot to do with that because Max was uh, elected, I believe, uh, two years ago. So. Yeah, I mean, it, right. it was the backlash of Trump. We're just sick of it. So we came out in force and elected Max Rose, and he's, you know, so we're we're making some changes. Some of these red areas are turning blue in New York, but for the most part, New York New Yorkers hate him. New Yorkers hate Trump, despise yeah. him. Yeah. He was a page six curiosity. Remember the yeah. New York Post, page six? I mean, our, our whole lives, he was just a joke. And it just astounds yeah. me how people bought the snake oil. It's incredible. But, you know, I got to tell you, I'm so 
still freaked out. For 2016, as much as I want to be excited, I'm I know. still scared. No, but that's wise. <laughs> I think that's scared. actually good. I'm hoping everybody is worried because that means they'll go out and vote. You know, if people are confident, then they'll stay home or they'll, you know, we should be on our toes. We should still push to keep to keep the information out there, to persuade people to vote for Biden, to, to give the arguments, you know, until until it's done. We need to keep working at this. I actually um, volunteered with Max Rose's office to be a, um, a poll monitor. So for the Democratic Party, so I await them to call me to get my training because at first they wanted to stick me, you know, they didn't know as an attorney, they wanted to stick me in the front, you know, waving at everybody with, with uh, merchandise on. And I was like, no, you, you know, I have a mouth and eyes and I'm not afraid to, I'm not afraid of conflict. So you need to make me like a poll monitor. So, you know, I'm excited about that. That's my contribution. Definitely. Well, I, I mean, and you know, you're doing the you're doing the heavy lifting. You're doing the work, and I got to tell you, I'm so appreciative of that. Um, it's it's scary times, and we need more of you. We need more folks like you out there, willing to do that that risky stuff. Because even though you think it's a controlled situation. You know, these are hostile times for people like us. These are, you know, it's just right. hostile times anyway. It's not bad enough that we have a shitty president, but we've got a fucking pandemic on top of it. Yeah, and, I know. It's like, you know, what else? I, I say aliens are next. I vote for aliens. They're going to come down next. So, You know, Godzilla coming up out of the ocean <laughs> is still on my bingo card for this year, and it could still happen as the October surprise. Yes, you know, I mean, so I'm appreciative of you and all the folks out there who are willing to put yourselves potentially on the line like that. I've done poll watching. Uh, I did it during the Kerry campaign. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I and they had me sitting next to a Republican gentleman the whole time. And the, the, the gentleman said to me, so little lady. Oh, Who are your no. people? And I said, well, I was, and I, I was very honest with the man. I said, I was raised, sir, by Pentecostal Republicans. And he said, well, that's just wonderful. I said, yes, my folks were definitely wonderful people. And, uh, you know, we had a nice <laughs> little conversation. I was there about 10 hours, uh, start wow. to finish. And at the end of it, um, somebody said, can the Democratic representative come over here, please? And and I got up and he looked at me and he said, he said, I thought you were a Republican. I said, no, sir. I told you I was raised by Republicans. I didn't say I was one of them. And he was pissed. Oh, wow. I thought I had played him. And I didn't play him. I was very polite and I was doing right. my job. And that's what counted. But, I mean, right. you know, and it, it's not safer now. It's more dangerous now. So yeah. please be careful when you do that. And anybody who's listening, who's, who's volunteering at the polls, please keep your keep your wits about you. Keep your phone numbers. Um, I've posted the, um, from I think it's the civil rights number in the DOJ mm-hmm. um, yeah. on, on the the show page so folks have access to that information keep it in your phone when you go to vote if you haven't voted already i've got that and i kept that number in my phone at all times plus one of my lawyers um because yeah you know we're new yorkers and we need lawyers because we know shit goes down Um, right but yeah it's important to be protected you know so Definitely take care of yourselves and uh, do the good work. And if you're not up for being a poll worker, if you can, make sure your neighbors get out there. If you can, you know, masked, of course, windows mm-hmm. open if necessary, you know, keep the flow. But, I mean, I have a neighbor I need to check on to make sure she's getting to the polls. If I have to drive her, I will, uh, amongst other neighbors I have over here that I'm concerned about who are older folks. So, you know, we're doing our bit as, as well as we can under really extremely weird circumstances. Yep. But um, it's, it's, it's wild, you know, and, wow, we are just about out of time. And I, I, know. I can't thank you. 
I can't thank you enough for coming on and hanging with me and having this conversation and, and really making me feel better about some stuff. I really appreciate it, and I hope I can get you to come back on very soon. Absolutely. I'm game. I always enjoy coming on your show and look forward to the next time. And when, when we speak again, Biden will be president and all this nightmare will be behind us. So it is said, so mote it be. So mote it be, everybody. Say so mote, so mote it be. All right. Laura Bizarro, you are fabulous. I am going to connect with you in about five minutes. I appreciate you like you have no idea. Thank you again. All right. Well, folks, tomorrow I will be on at noon with the incredible Amy Blackthorn, and we are going to discuss her newest book, Blackthorn's Botanical Brews. It's a great book. I'm loving the recipes. You're going to dig it, too. Me and Amy Black, noon tomorrow. We will see you then. Everyone have a wonderful night. Get out and vote. Do it safely. Take care of yourselves. Talk to you tomorrow. Good night, everybody.